Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 the bruce Hooley show podcast is brought to you by hemispherecoffeeroasters.com creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time good coffee doing good learn more at hemispherecoffeeroasters.com Well, you don't get to be the richest man in the world, or close, if you are not able to plot smart strategy when it comes to business matters, or or adjust on the fly when things develop in a fashion that you didn't foresee initially. Elon Musk uh, can do both. I'm not sure which applies uh, most appropriately to his bid to buy Twitter for $54 million, and you could say, well, what does that have to do with Columbus? Well, I think it has a lot to do with Columbus, at least with the way we are indoctrinated by our local media voices. And we will discuss that today at the outset of a Thursday edition of the Bruce Hooley Show. No show tomorrow. It's Good Friday. I hope you are uh, observing um, the somberness of Good Friday, but the hope and the joy of what it leads to on Easter Sunday. You can participate in our program, 844 844- Talk 989-844-TALK-989. Send me an email, bruce989theanswer.com. And we will have a guest in studio, Rob Walgate of the Ohio Policy Roundtable at noon today to talk about the governor's race and talk about the Senate primary and lots and lots of other interesting things. Rob will bring uh, a different perspective to that than uh, you've been exposed to elsewhere because the voices we're exposed to elsewhere are typically... Left-wing voices. Rob's not a left-wing voice or a right-wing voice. He's a down-the-middle voice, as they are a nonpartisan outfit at the Ohio Policy Roundtable. But what is Elon Musk attempting to buy Twitter have to do with our exposure to media here locally? Well, I think it's indicative of why Elon Musk needs to buy Twitter. This all began with Elon Musk buying a 9.2% stake in Twitter, four four times the amount that the founder of Twitter, Jack Dorsey, owned. And everybody got really excited. And Twitter's stock soared because people thought, wow, a smart guy like Elon Musk with SpaceX and Tesla, that's got to make Twitter more valuable. So Twitter's value increased. And then we heard that Twitter had offered Elon Musk a spot on the board and hope abounded that maybe Twitter would get away from banning people like Donald Trump and the Babylon Bee and anybody who said that a man is a man and that Rachel Levine, who has the biology of a man, is not really the world's first four-star female admiral. And Leah Thomas is not really a woman, even though he, even though Leah Thomas is swimming in the NCAA Women's Swimming Championships. Maybe Elon Musk will be really good for Twitter and will be able to bring transformative change and free speech back to what is supposed to be a free speech platform. And then Elon Musk said, no, I don't want to be on the board of Twitter. And people thought, ah, ah, smart guy, Elon Musk. He's capped at owning 
9.2% of Twitter if he's on the board, but he can own more if he's not on the board. Maybe as much as 15%. Well, now it turns out Elon Musk wants to buy all of Twitter, and he's made a cash offer, a cash offer into the tens of billions of dollars to buy Twitter. So what's he up to? Okay, he either adjusted to Twitter trying to box him in with the amount of stock that he can own, or he intentionally bought a portion of Twitter to inflate the stock price to a value that he has now offered above to buy the company, $43 billion. He's valuing each share at $54.20, $54.20 which is almost 40% higher than the stock was valued on the day before his, his investment in Twitter was announced. So he's inflated the stock price of Twitter to offer an amount of money that no one else can offer. Now you tell me what's going to happen to Twitter stock value if they turn down Elon Musk's purchase price at this inflated value. It's going to plummet. It's going to plummet, right? It's going to plummet. Stockholders don't want their stock to go down. Jack Dorsey's torn. He'd like to maintain his monopoly on what conservative voices can be on his platform and what they can say. But he also likes money. Yeah, that's a kind of unflattering characteristic of every leftist. Whether it's Jack Dorsey, whether it's Patrice Cullors of BLM, whether it's Joe Biden with his multiple million dollar houses on a Senate salary and a VP salary and now a president's salary. They all really like money. And Elon Musk knows this. And he's using their lust for money against them in an effort to turn Twitter back into what it was meant to be. Now, how does this relate to the Columbus Dispatch? Well, today, today in the Columbus Dispatch, there's more on House Bill 616. Oh, you know, the evil bill. The evil bill that would keep teachers from being able to groom kindergarten, first, second, and third graders in sexual orientation and gender ideology. Now, when I say groom, best case scenario is they're limiting their grooming to political ideological grooming. The teachers who want to talk to kids about transgenderism, homosexuality, lesbian relationships. Best case scenario is they're trying to get the kids to accept that so that they'll grow up and become adults and we'll have a world that no longer pushes back against the continuing cultural decay that comes from the LGBTQ movement, the astronomical suicide rates of the transgender movement. Those of us who genuinely care about people trapped in ways to live that are not good for their mental health, not good for their physical health, well, they would marginalize us by raising a generation of people who would approve of that. That's their best case scenario. The other case scenario is exceedingly worse, which is that they are grooming these kids to sexualize these kids because they view these kids as sexual objects. But they're grooming them one way or the other. So the dispatch not wanting this in Ohio because they think, you know, kids who draw stick figures to represent adults have the mental capacity to discern the difference between 
non-binary, pansexual, cisgender, transgender. They think they can handle all that, perfectly capable of handling all that, even though they can't grasp long division at those ages. So there are legislators in the state of Ohio who are at least interested in seeing if the state of Ohio would like to emulate the Florida Parents' Rights and Education Bill and outlaw that for kindergarten, first, second, and third grade. Couldn't teach them until they get to the fourth grade. You know, wow. Oh, they'll, already be, they'll already be locked in wearing MAGA hats by then. I mean, if we don't get to them and indoctrinate them in gender ideology and sexual orientation by then, I mean, they'll, they'll all be wearing Trump wigs. So the dispatch today has a story. Ohio business organizations, officials say, Ohio business organizations and officials say House Bill 616 could stifle economic growth. Uh, There is also an opinion piece from a former colleague of mine at the Plain Dealer, Thomas Suttis, who now works at Ohio University, uh, lampooning the legislature for for caring about trivial matters like trying to teach kids reading, writing, and arithmetic. And there is a heartfelt letter on the opinion page from a mom who says uh, that her twin son came to her when he was very, very young and said he was a girl and he's grown up as a transgender girl. And that if this bill goes through the Ohio House, well, it will be uh, hateful and very, very damaging to her son. So we have three stories today in the dispatch about the evils of House Bill 616, which has not yet received a public reading, which has not yet received a public hearing, which has not yet been voted on by either House. Now, this dovetails, of course, with myriad stories, three in one day last week when we started talking about this, where all three headlines on the dispatch site labeled it the Don't Say Gay Bill, which is an outright lie. It's not a mistake. It's not an oops. It's an intentional lie by the Columbus Dispatch. We've had... Somewhere between three and five stories in the succeeding days about the evils of House Bill 616. We had to go, of course, talk to Stonewall Union, and we had to go talk to Equality Ohio. And We've had all that. Have we yet to have one story on Dispatch.com where one advocate for this bill, homeschooling mom, somebody who had to pull their kids out of public schools because they oppose transgender ideology, now are footing the bill for a private school they can't really afford? Have we had one story? Have we had one paragraph of one story where anybody but the two sponsors of the bill, and they weren't quoted very much, but anybody in Ohio, is there like maybe John Stover at Ohio Value Voters, maybe Aaron Bear at Center for Christian Virtue, Uh, maybe any man on the street, remember man on the street dispatch, you go out like on the street. Oh, I guess COVID, you know, can't go up to anybody without a mask on. They might not be able to hear you, understand you. The dispatch has run nothing but critical agenda-driven partisan hackery on House Bill 616, which is one of, how many proposed bills you think are sitting around the statehouse? waiting to have Bob Cup bang his magic gavel and deem them worth his imperial wizardry as leader of the Ohio House, begging for his favor. How many bills do you think? 10, 20, 100, 200? 
that's how relevant House Bill 616 is. The dispatch would have you treat it as if it is going to be mandatory in the next five minutes. They're marshalling all their forces against it. So if you ask me, how is Elon Musk's attempt to take over Twitter relevant to Columbus, Ohio? That is how it is relevant. That is how it is relevant. It is relevant because if it's not House Bill 616, it's Hunter Biden's laptop. If it's not Hunter Biden's laptop, it's the New York Times not writing in the story describing the subway shooter. Watch out, New York. There's a madman on the loose. What does he look like? Well, he's five foot five and he's heavy set, but we can't tell you that he's black because you might think we're racist. That is why it's important what Elon Musk is doing. Because free speech, hmm, novel concept, should be unrestricted. Well, I found out I share a birthday with uh, Max Boot of the Washington Post. I don't share much else. I'll explain why in a moment. But Doug has availed himself of the opportunity to speak directly with me during the show. 844-TALK-989, 844-TALK-989. Doug, welcome to the Bruce Hooley Show. Hello, Bruce. Hello, Doug. What a, what a, what crazy times. Um, I'm thoroughly disgusted with this whole subject. Um that they can expect when the uh, most intelligent people, we're told, sit on our Supreme Court and the current Supreme Court nominee mm-hmm. cannot even figure out what a woman is. She's not a nominee anymore. She's on con- the court. Doug, she's well, on the court. Okay. The future. Yeah. Future then. How can these young children wrap their minds around something so uh, confusing then? Or, or, or maybe... If she had this uh, great education when she was of that age, maybe she would have been able to figure out the answer to that question, what a woman is. You would think so. Yes, I know. It's uh, Don't ask a leftist to explain anything, Doug, because logic will not be a part of what you get back. You'll get nicknames and invectives and insults and labels, but you won't get any logic back because there is no logic on their side of the aisle. But, but then also, Bruce, you know, I, I hear... Uh, this morning, uh, students in Hilliard uh, school system are out protesting because of this uh, mm-hmm. uh, law. And I'm thinking, and then Hilliard was quick to say, well, this isn't sponsored by the Hilliard schools. Well, you know, I'm sh- yeah, I'm sure it isn't. But I-, I wonder how much these students have been fed this from those teachers for how long, you know? Well, I have a little, uh, uh, it- I have a little detail on that, Doug. Let me uh, let me share you uh, share some details with you. I. I had the opportunity yesterday to get with a couple um, Hilliard teachers, and uh, this is the email that they received from Principal Joyce Brickley yesterday afternoon. By the way, Joyce had time to send them an email. She did not have time to respond to my email. Shocking, right? No, not at all. Uh, First of all, one of the teachers said to me, I am texting this email to you word for word. I did not want to forward the email because I do not want Big Brother to be able to know that I forwarded the email. I'm pretty sure they can do that. So I am texting it word for word. So great culture you've cultivated out there, David Stewart, superintendent, and Joyce Brickley, principal, where your teachers are in fear 
of punitive actions by you for them sharing your emails, which means that they fear being held accountable for things that you are doing that you will penalize them for if they become public. But here is what the email from Principal Joyce Brickley said to Hilliard teachers on Wednesday afternoon. It has come to our attention that some of our students may be organizing a student-initiated walkout for tomorrow in protest of House Bill 616 at 1 p.m. Should this occur, our number one goal, as always, is to make sure all students are safe and cared for, regardless of their views. Staff cannot participate nor encourage or discourage students from doing so. As the classroom teacher, please continue with your teaching and plans for the day. If you have any questions, feel free to stop down to the office. Yes, well, if I were a teacher, I would have a question. I would stop down to the office and I would say, our district-wide truancy policy says students must be in class. They are required, is exactly the word it uses, to be in class at all times. So are these students going to be punished for violating school policy? And if we are going to allow every student-initiated protest, which you say this protest is, then what is to keep our students from showing up on the bus, in their car, via walking, and just determine that all day long they'd like to protest world hunger, Russia's invasion of Ukraine, either side of the abortion issue, global warming, whatever they want. It would seem to me to impede the ability of teachers to actually teach. Like, didn't we yesterday, ah, didn't we yesterday have a Hilliard school board member named Brian Perry talk about how uh, teachers are uh, crying in the bathroom, I think Mr. Perry said. And it's not uncommon, he said, not uncommon for Hilliard teachers to be crying in the bathroom should students be allowed to leave school during the day to attend classes in accord with state law. When parents sign them out, they can leave elective classes and go get instruction in biblical truth. That, Brian Perry said, protesting against an allowance in the Ohio Revised Code would cause teachers to be marginalized and that they are responsible. Brian Perry came up with a very catchy label to place on the uh, period of the day that he, as a Hilliard Board of Education member, is in charge of stewarding with distinction. He said they're in charge of making sure those kids are cared for bell to bell, bell to bell. Well, my woke alarm bells are ringing that the principal at the high school at Hilliard Davidson, Joyce Brickley, can send an email out to teachers saying, hey, these kids are going to protest. It's okay. We know it's coming. We're not going to try to head it off. And yet that would seem to be in a direct conflict with board member Perry's fear that the more teachers, he said it's happening already. Imagine, imagine, and, and nobody's even left yet because the board hasn't even okayed their compliance with state law. Nobody's even left yet. The very idea that kids could be leaving school in accordance with state law, Brian Perry says already, already has teachers crying in the bathroom. They might have to, uh, can we get a construction crew out to Davidson High School in the next 
96 minutes to enlarge the bathrooms to accommodate all the teachers who will be in there weeping today while students are protesting House Bill 616. Something tells me probably not necessary. Probably a lot of the teachers, those who gained their college indoctrination paperwork in the last 15 years, probably are okay cheering from the sidelines while the students walk out on it.